In the last installment of the Louisville football schedule preview series, we're going to talk about why the last four games on the schedule could have some big-time effects for the Cardinals' season. We'll explain why on today's episode of the Locked On, the Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Uh, today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college Terms and conditions apply. As always, I want to thank you all again for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the show is free on all streaming services five days a week, your team, every day. The third installment of the Louisville Football Schedule Preview Series will be dedicated to the final four games on the schedule. Virginia Tech, Virginia, Miami, and Kentucky. We'll talk about why this slate of the schedule could have some big-time effects for the Cardinals. We'll also break down the opponents a little bit, give a little bit of a brief overview, and then, as we always do, give predictions to end out the series. So I hope you all have liked the series. Um, I enjoyed discussing the opponents a little bit more in depth as I've gotten a little bit of a better grasp or pulse of where these respective teams are, at least heading into the season. And, um, you know, the first part of the schedule are teams that Louisville should beat. And then the second part of the schedule are tougher teams. That's probably going to be the the real strength of the schedule. And then you have the last four games. And it's sort of a Jekyll and Hyde thing. And this is no disrespect to Virginia Tech or Virginia. But Louisville is projected to beat both VT and UVA. I think that both of these teams are going to be better respectively in two in year two of their respective coaching tenures. But I do believe that Miami, despite being five and seven last year, and Kentucky, who has had the Cardinals number since 2018, those teams are the two matchups that you have to focus on when it comes to the uh, last portion of the schedule. And I think that this has big-time effects. This portion of the schedule really could determine whether or not... I mean, I don't necessarily think it's going to be an issue of bowl eligibility. I think that Louisville is going to be near bowl eligibility or already bowl eligible once we get to the last four games of the schedule. If you go based on my predictions, you'll know that I have predicted Louisville to be 6-2 and two up until this point. Even if they split the last... Or the the middle four games. Let's say they lose three of those games and still go four and zero. Oh, well, you're five and three with two games that you're projected to win right off the bat. Or maybe you slip up. You lose one of the first four games to Boston College or Georgia Tech or Indiana, and then you win three of the games in the next portion of the schedule, and you're five and three again. Unless Louisville just doesn't live up to expectations and they are four and four then you're talking about bowl eligibility. But I don't necessarily think that that is going to be a question 
when you get to the last four games of the schedule. I think that that's where you're starting to see, okay, your pass bowl eligibility, how much farther can you go? And if you are 6-2 and two in this realm, assuming that two of those losses, if one of them is indeed to Notre Dame, and one of them is to the other or another ACC school or an ACC school, I should say. That means that you're what, six and two. You have one conference loss. That's where things get interesting because remember, we have done away with divisions in the ACC. There are no longer the Atlantic and Coastal divisions anymore. The top two teams overall, conference record, the top two teams in the conference based upon win percentage within the conference goes to the ACC championship. We talk about why not having to play Clemson state or Clemson state Clemson, Florida state or North Carolina is such a big thing to focus on. This is one of the reasons why this is probably the number one reason why is that there is a realistic Avenue to the ACC championship. If you handle business, if you lose, if you're going to split two of the games, um, if you're going to split two of the games in that middle portion of the schedule, I understand the win against Notre Dame would be a monumental one. Notre Dame's likely going to be ranked and ranked pretty high, but conference championship implications, it would be better to lose to Notre Dame and then lose to an ACC team if you were set on you know splitting that middle portion of the schedule. But we're all playing the hypothetical game here, regardless of what you think. This last portion of the schedule could have some big-time effects on ACC championship uh, opportunities. It could have some effects on a better bowl game and also on program morale. You have the last two games of the season, Miami and Kentucky. The Cardinals haven't defeated Miami since joining the ACC back in 2014 in the opening game of that 2014 season. I was there. And then, obviously, big storyline is how is Louisville going to approach the rivalry game under Jeff Brom when we have this assumption that, look, he gets it. I think our main issue is that it seemed like Louisville never got hyped for this game during the Scott Satterfield tenure. It's almost like Satterfield looked at this like any other game, and the players sort of followed suit. If that wasn't the case, it didn't seem that way from a spectator's point of view. It seemed like this was just any regular game, and Kentucky treated this like a true rivalry game. And I don't think that there is any question or any type of surprise that it, each game that Kentucky has played, Louisville, since 2018, has been a double-digit win in favor of Mark Stoops' program. So you wanted to go out and get a guy that understood the rivalry probably not many better people to go get than Jeff Brom, who definitely understands the rivalry. Um, another thing is that his teams usually get hyped and they're prepared for big-time games. Another thing that it didn't seem like with Scott Satterfield's teams, it didn't seem like those teams were prepared for the spotlight. I mean, Miami, 2020, Louisville got absolutely demolished in that game uh, against Miami in, with, in which both teams were ranked. I mean, two games against Notre Dame, Louisville looked a little bit better. Obviously, they were somewhat prepared. They played them close. Sorry, my leg is itching. Um, but outside of that, I mean, the prepared, the level of preparation 
and level of hype getting up for these games just didn't seem like it was a thing. I mean, Wake Forest, sure, and I'm glad that the team was able to turn things around this past season in the second half of the year. But from an overall body of work, no, that wasn't necessarily the case. So you have the implications with the rivalry game, big-time effects. Even if, let's say you go 8-4, and four, but you beat Kentucky at the end of the year, I think that your fan base is really, really excited for year two, and I think that they're going to be excited for year two even if you lose to Kentucky and have a solid season. Look, I think that uh, there are a lot of avenues to have a successful year, and it really is all going to depend on how you handle business early on, um, You know, trying to you know, do what you can to have a good portion of the schedule in the middle part and then finish strong. You know, one thing that I hope doesn't happen is this team starts out really well and then they sort of fizzle out. I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but, you know, having a bunch of momentum and then that momentum getting derailed a little bit to where you have to focus on, you know, trying to build it back up through the offseason. I think that, um, you know, this back half of the schedule, Virginia Tech and Virginia, two more opportunities to do what you need to do and handle business. I think that these are opportunities that look, Three of the last four games are at home, including that game against Louisville. And not to mention the game against Louisville, the game against Kentucky, sorry, it's at Louisville. Um, And then you have the road game against Miami, who um, plays at the Miami Dolphins um, stadium. That Miami game as well, it's almost like an unsung rivalry, right? Especially since you're going to be playing them every single year now or for however long the ACC is the ACC or whatever with all the conference realignment stuff, it seems like things can change so easily. But at least on paper at this point in time on August 7th, August 8th, Miami's going to be a yearly opponent. And that's that's a team that, you know, obviously the Devin Hester situation, stomping on the bird in the early 2000s, um, that game in the Russell Athletic Bowl where Louisville absolutely demolished them, and then 2014, and then Miami has had their number really ever since. So for the Cardinals, now it's a matter of, okay, let's make this a fun rivalry again. And I think if you were to split the games against Miami against Miami and Kentucky or even win both of those games, you have an opportunity to really, really create some big-time effects for the season, not to mention the conference championship um, possibilities with wins over Virginia Tech, Virginia, and possibly Miami. So I want to break down the opponents a little bit more like we've been doing. Um, We'll do that here in just a second. Before we do that, I want to tell you about some awesome opportunities from our title sponsor of the show, LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. What you do is you add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word. You have simple tools at your disposal like screening questions. It makes it easy. It helps you narrow down the candidates, the skills, the experience that you're looking for. Adding the right team member is really, really going to do a lot of things in terms of creating a positive and measurable impact on your business. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. 
Terms and conditions apply. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a, like a good neighbor. Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Okay, talking about the four teams on the schedule to conclude the season for Louisville football. As I mentioned, a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde situation. Two teams still looking to try to get past a rough first year in their respective coaching hires. And well, actually Miami as well under Mario Cristobal. But Miami's a, a bit of an interesting situation. We're going to talk about that in the third segment. Um, and then you have Kentucky who seven and six didn't have the greatest season by their standards, but still successful and projecting to still be um, a potential threat in the East this upcoming season. So we'll start with Virginia Tech last year, tough year under first year head coach Brent Pry. He went three and eight on the season. They're projected to win about six games this year. This is the first time that Louisville has played the Hokies in a couple of years since, um, Virginia Tech had Hendon Hooker, um, but unfortunately for the Hokies this time around, quarterback consistency really isn't there, and actually there is going to be a quarterback battle that we are going to have to focus on right away. That is Grant Wells, redshirt senior. He's probably the guy that's going to be leading the Hokies, but you also have Kyron Dronis uh, from Baylor who is going to be in the mix. Uh, that game is on Saturday, November 4th, so obviously they have some time to figure things out. That gives them the opportunity to have that consistency. Um, they have a trio of wide receiver transfers that have joined the mix. Virginia Tech's receiving production last year, not necessarily good at all. Um, so you have you know, some solid receivers that have joined from the FCS ranks. Dorian Strong, um, is an all-ACC caliber player on that defense. However, the issue for Virginia Tech, and one thing that could really bode well for Louisville's chances, they're going to be rough in the trenches. Their offensive line play was not good last year. Their inexperience this season uh, had some guys leave from the defensive front seven last year. So they're going to be inexperienced. There is going to be some trouble in the trenches for Virginia Tech, I think that bodes well for a Louisville team that has a strong suit of a veteran offensive line and a veteran defensive line as well. So I like this matchup for Louisville at any point in the season. Would rather play them early, but nonetheless, I think that this is a game that Louisville is projected to win. They will then um, continue on along a short turnaround on November 9th, which is a Thursday. They will host Virginia trying to continue that win streak. They defeated the Cavaliers last year 34-17. to The Cavaliers finished the season 3-7, and 1-6 in ACC play. No longer have Brennan Armstrong at the quarterback position for the Cavaliers. Uh, Tony Elliott will look to have a little bit better of a season than a year ago. Um, they are projected to win anywhere from it seems like five or – Four to six wins, uh, maybe even a little bit more, uh, depending on how good Tony Musket is, the transfer from Monmouth. 
um, had a pretty solid career in the FCS, but obviously that has to translate over to the Power 5 Division One level. Um, and then not to mention, you have a new quarterback. Running back is probably going to be your strength. You have a trio of returners, but only three returners on the offensive side of the ball, starter-wise, six on the defense to make nine returners overall. They had to replace their top four receivers. That's something to focus on is new quarterback, new receiving core, decent offensive line. They lost some pieces on there. Uh, Chico Bennett um, is probably the headliner for this Virginia defense, but still, like Virginia Tech, I think that this is probably projected to be a win for Louisville. Uh, Virginia Tech, Virginia looking to just continue to improve heading into year two of their respective coaching uh, tenures. Then you have Miami, the last road game of the season. You have uh, a little bit more rest. You know, Coming off of that Thursday game against Virginia, you play Saturday, November 18th, down in Coral Gables. Miami last year had probably a worst-case scenario year. Very talented, just couldn't get the chemistry down. 5-7, and 3-5 and five in ACC play, projected to have 7.5 wins this season. That's the over-under, so obviously looking to take the next step forward. And why shouldn't they? They did fire um, their offensive coordinator, They got a new offensive coordinator. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke dealt with injuries last year. He's healthy. Um, All league, all conference tackles. Zion Nelson is healthy as well. Um, Not to mention you have some very solid guys in the skill positions. So Miami projects to, if they can turn in a clean bill of health, to be a very, very solid team. And then defensively speaking, you have an All-American safety that's back. Cameron Kinchins. Probably one of the best defenders, not only in the conference, but the country as well. You have a disruptive player like Leonard Taylor III on the interior of that defensive line for the Hurricanes. And then you have um, other edge rushers coming back. You are replacing your top two cornerbacks, uh, so the secondary has some questions. But when you have a ball hawk in center field like Kinchins, that can really make things um, you know a little bit better for your defensive backfield. So if all things click for Miami. You're talking about a potential ACC championship team, but obviously they have to click. We'll have to see if Mario Cristobal is the guy in Coral Gables, but a very, very, very talented team for the Hurricanes. And then obviously to conclude the season, the Governor's Cup on um, Saturday, November 25th at home against Kentucky, 7-6 and six last year, 3-5 and five in conference play, defeated the Cardinals in the season finale last year, 26-13, to 13, which is the closest that game has been since 2000. And, well, really ever since, I guess you could say 2016, because 2017 was a blowout. But the lowest margin of victory for Kentucky in this winning streak for Mark Stoops' team. Uh, they're projected 6.5 wins. They do lose Will Levis to the NFL draft. They lose Chris Rodriguez. Cavassier smoke, um, but they do bring Liam Cohen back, which uh, had a very, very good year being the offense coordinator back in 2021. They bring in Devin Leary from NC State, who I have been verbally high on. I think Leary's a good quarterback. You do have to replace Chris Rodriguez, who was one of the best running backs in the SEC in his time at Kentucky. They do bring in Ray Davis from Vanderbilt, who is a very, very solid replacement. And then not to mention Barry on Brown, Dane Key are back as um, 
you know, the main wideouts for Kentucky. So the offense is still going to have the opportunity to be good if that um, offensive line can stay healthy and if Devin Leary can stay healthy as well. Defensively, you replace DeAndre Square, Jacques Jones. Um, you bring Deion Walker back, who's probably the best defender on the team on the interior of the defensive line. You have J.Q. Hardaway from Cincinnati coming in. Uh, maybe Jansen Dunn brings you something from Ohio State. Some other players on this defense as well. And then not to mention offensively speaking, they brought in some transfers from or from the offensive line as well that's going to help out. So on paper, I think that Kentucky's not going to contend for the SEC East, but make no mistake about it, this is still going to be a very, very tough opponent for the Louisville Cardinals in that final game. So I'm very interested to see how Kentucky matches up when that game rolls around. So prediction time. I think Louisville's going to go 3-1 and one to conclude the season. Who are they going to lose to? Is it Miami or is it Kentucky? We're going to talk about that here momentarily. Um, before we do that, I want to thank you all again for making Locked On the Louisville your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the Locked On the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week, your team every day. Every day is what you can expect for the rest of the week. We're going to talk about some of the takeaways that we are seeing from fall camp for Louisville. We're going to talk a little bit about the basketball team, football recruiting, as we continue to get closer and closer to that opening kickoff against Georgia Tech on Labor Day weekend down in Atlanta. So be sure to stay tuned. Thanks again for tuning in every day. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. But... We still have predictions to go in the final installment of the Louisville football season preview series. I think the Cardinals are going 3-1. and one. Who are they losing to? We're going to talk about that here in a second. I do want to explain why I think they're going to win the first two games for sure. Like I said, I think Virginia Tech is in a situation where I think that they're going to improve. You're going to see them get better. I think that Brent Pry, obviously the verdict is still out whether he's the guy for the job. Um, but I think that overall they're going to have a little bit more depth. Um, but they're going to have some struggles. I think that it's going to be interesting to see if they handled the first games on the schedule, if they can get to a 4-0 level. Can they ease their way into bowl eligibility? I think that the trouble in the trenches is going to be something that Louisville really, really takes advantage of. I think that they're going to take advantage of the um, offensive inexperience as well. So I think that Louisville wins this game. I think that it's probably going to be by double digits along with the game against Virginia. I think that they beat Virginia by double digits as well. I don't know much about Tony Musket. I, I tried to watch uh, some highlights, but obviously that doesn't really tell the tale. He has his work cut out for him transferring in from Monmouth. They don't have a lot of returning pieces coming back. Only nine starters combined from both sides of the football, replacing their top four receivers. So not only do they have to prove stuff at quarterback, but also the receiver position as well. Louisville won this game pretty handily a year ago, so we'll see. But I think that Louisville wins this game 
by double digits. And then you have Miami and Kentucky. I think Louisville splits this two-game pairing. I am not sold on who I think it's going to be. Yesterday, I would have told you that Louisville beats Miami, loses to Kentucky. Today, I think that Louisville loses to Miami and beats Kentucky. I think that these are two of the games that I have a star written next to them because I don't know what to expect. Because Miami is the true wild card. Because if Miami is clicking on all cylinders, if they reach their potential, they're one of the best teams in the conference. And this is a game to where Louisville could definitely be the underdog if the Hurricanes handle business. But if they struggle with chemistry, if they have some health issues again, if that shoulder is still bothering Tyler Van Dyke, if the offense still has the issues of last year and the offensive coordinator was simply the scapegoat, if the defense still gives up the big play, um, who knows? Then you have a situation where Louisville might be favored. And I think that the same could be said for Kentucky. The well, It's going to depend on offensive line play and Devin Leary. Devin Leary is, in my opinion, I'll be honest, Devin Leary is better than Will Levis. I truly believe that. I believe that before he went to Kentucky, I believe it now. The issue with Leary is the best ability is availability, and Leary has had trouble staying on the field and fighting off that injury bug. If he can stay healthy, I think that Kentucky is in a very good spot, especially with Cohen, the receivers out wide, uh, Ray Davis at tailback, if the offensive line can protect for them. Defensively speaking, they're going to have a good defense with Brad White. Um, Maybe not in the secondary, we'll see, but Jake U. Hardaway is a solid addition, Jansen Dunn as well. I can see Louisville winning both of these games. I can see Louisville losing both of these games. I can see Louisville going one and one. But what am I predicting on August 7th? I think that Louisville loses to Miami and beats Kentucky. That is just where I'm at on August 7th. Now, will these predictions change? They could very well do so. I think that if you're telling me that Louisville's going to split one of these, I, I just feel like if one of these teams is going to reach their ceiling, let's say both of them reach their ceiling, Miami's the better team. They're more talented. Um, they have better players coming back. I think that they have the avenue of being a better team. So I'm saying that by a hair, and I'm not confident in this at all because this is where you really start to split hairs, I think that Wolves is going to approach this game different. I think that um, until they beat Kentucky that I'm not going to feel good about it, but I think that you know, on paper they match up well. There's more size in the trenches, which um, – you know, Louisville hasn't done a good job at the past couple of seasons um, overall. They aren't going to be as predictable on offense. We'll see how it goes. Obviously, you know, if you're a Kentucky fan listening to this, don't don't grill me here. I mean, this is just predictions-wise. I mean, you may feel different, but I think that Louisville's going to match up decently with Kentucky. Will they win? Who knows? Um, I think that they could win. They could lose. Uh, this is truly could be a, a, a flip-flop game, but I think that they're definitely going to be better prepared than they were um, under Scott Satterfield. So that's something to focus on. But overall, I think that Louisville goes a combined 9-3. and 4-0 in the first four games, 2-2 two and two in the next two, or in the next four, 3-1 and one in the next four. So 9-3, and three, bowl eligibility. If they lose to Kentucky, they're 
and beat Miami there in a potential ACC championship conversation. If it's the other way around, then you have a solid win against a rival opponent. But that's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here tomorrow to find the show on all streaming services. Be sure to stay tuned to the graphic now. That's not it. This is it. That's the intro video. Unless you want to listen to it again on loop, don't do it.